episode 309 of the Global From Asia podcast. Talking about starting up an online business while being a digital nomad or being somebody roaming around Southeast Asia, which is something a lot of people here like to do. Let's tune in. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Episode 309, everybody. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me and your earbuds. Earbuds. Well, ears. I was just teaching my kids ears. The human body in uh, some Marco Polo app. That actually my friend Jennifer, she was in episode like six or something of the podcast. Uh, She's an investor of them and I was chatting to her about things and she got me on this app paying for it now. But uh, the kids like it. It's not, it's kind of like casual learning, you know, it's like a little bit like half school, half game. So on the iPads, they kind of like it. Again, some people commenting about my homeschooling inspiration for them i guess there's other parents listening and uh, a lot of people without schools being open in different parts of the world it has been tough it's only been a few not even a few a couple weeks for me so far but kids are looking at me at as a teacher now i guess that is, it's kind of a parent's job but i won't bore you to death about being a parent let's go back to the uh, good old days we got a cool interview for you today. I think this will help inspire some people. Marcus and I, I've known him, I've met him many times and usually in Thailand at conferences and masterminds and he's been working so hard on his online business. He's got a a translation platform that's helping people and he's a little bit got some technical connections so it's uh, automated. He's built up quite a great business. I always talk to him. He's just chipping away at this business for years and years and years as a very German way, you know, very determined and systematical and process oriented. And I'm glad to get him on the show today to share his journey and his, you know, you know, he's very, very straight up. So, you know, it's no hype. It's all really like what he did and how he did it. And he's own a really great business so i hope you guys enjoy and girls enjoy this one and use this as inspiration for yourself to build your online business and the you know just make it happen that's really what it's about but let's tune into this show enjoying the content here at global from asia do you have a blog a website a podcast some videos and you want us to help you with your content the team here at global from asia is doing other people's podcasts and blog and for many many years honestly that's kind of what our team is really skilled at if you want to work with us and have us work on your content check out www.contentinvestments.com we have all kinds of pricing and plans it's best to just reach out and talk to us and we can make a plan for you check it out Okay, thank you everybody for choosing to listen to another Global From Asia podcast. Marcus is somebody I've been meaning to get on the show for a while. I mean, there's so many, well, we've had so many great encounters. We've, we've, we've kept in touch over the years. We, you know, we met in some conferences in, in Thailand and I've seen, you know, you, we, you've been following me. You helped, I always remember you helped me get in some media publications and you're, you're, you're really good at, you know, keeping relationships with people, at least with me. So Today's today's show is your story. You've you've been really chipping away at your translation platform, GatewayTranslations.net, which has been awesome. And you've been based uh, remotely traveling and 
Southeast Asia and around the world. And I, I just, I, I'm curious. This is kind of one of my things that doing a podcast. I get to, I get to learn about some of the stories, and yours is one of them. So, without further ado, here's Marcus Sebar. Thanks for coming on, Marcus. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show and uh, share a bit uh, about my journey, especially because uh, it uh, relates uh, so much uh, to Asia and doing business uh, in Asia and helping uh, foreign companies to, to do business in Asia. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you, you know, we've chatted a little bit about China market and, and you deal with translation, localization for, for your clients. Which, which is very re- relevant and helpful for, for them and for what you do and what I do. So let's, you know, let's always talk about the story. So you're originally from Germany and you've been in... Right. You're actually, I'm assuming where you're based, but I think, I always think of you as in Southeast Asia, but maybe you're not even, I don't even know where you are right now, but do you want to just share a little bit of your story, how you got started on your your journey of yes so my journey uh, is a bit uncommon so i can imagine it's it's interesting for for other entrepreneurs or for for people who want to to get into a new field to do to do something new originally i studied uh, computer science at the technical university of munich and i graduated from from that degree so it's a bit uh, far away from um, what we do with languages. Also, we do a lot of software localization as well, and we have some specialized tools. But uh, at the end of the day, it, it was a, it was a long way and a bit of an uncommon journey. Originally, during my computer science studies, I was traveling uh, to Asia to China, and I was uh, so impressed. Yeah, it, it was so different and it was so hard. Like taxi drivers didn't speak English and it was very hard to, to get a, around. But yeah, I, was, I was so impressed by the, by the culture, by the food. So I thought I want to do some internship abroad in China. And then it, was, it turned out that it's, it was easier to, to do that in India. So being an IT person, it made sense to go to India and I was encouraged to, to take a whole semester of six months instead of just going for the summer. So that was, was a big step for me, but it, it, it really paid off. And I worked in two different software companies in India and the, the second software company, they did a big project where they helped steel, steel planning and control system in Germany, in Bremen, in northern Germany, to move, to migrate some legacy software to a new platform. And they had thousands of pages in German language. And the Indian people, of course, they, they didn't speak German. So they asked me, oh, instead of doing software development here, can you help us with the translation uh, of these documents to English? And that's what was my my first connection with the translation industry and and how yeah how I saw that there is such a such a need. Okay. And oh, that ahead. that was uh, thirteen years ago. Wow. So that's been a while. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't. That's why I guess I get to learn more about you too. So. So then you're in India and you're asking, okay, you know, maybe it's a development 
you can do some translation. So what is that how you started or were you doing in-house there? And then how did we yes, get I exactly I was doing it in-house there and translation is never the only challenge. It's always uh, a culture challenge as well. So these teams from Germany, they were negotiating with the Indian people. I think it was their first time in India. And, you know, they tried to be friendly and, you know, introduce themselves about their family because they read some guide that you should do that in India. Yeah, we don't do that in Germany, typically. It's like straight business. So they did that. And then, you know, but still after maybe 15 minutes, they came straight to business and they said, oh, you know, their deadlines were missed. So, you know, we need to figure that out. And the Indian people were so offended, you know, it was just culturally not how it, how it uh, works there. And these things are really crucial for, uh, for the success of a project. Yeah. Okay. So I could also help them a little bit with the, with the cultural uh, differences because at that point I had been to India for around four months. So I was familiar with the, with the working style and these people were just coming uh, yeah, fresh from, from the airport pretty much. Okay. All right. Yeah. So India, so you're doing this translation in India and right. then how did that progress? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So then I went back to um, Germany, to Munich. After six months, I finished my computer science degree, graduated, and I, I wanted to take some time off. You know, you don't have so many chances later in life, at least for most people. So I wanted to travel around the world for, for one year. And, and I started again in India course I wanted to see uh, how things had changed and I was blown away things in Asia change so quickly yeah um, in in so many ways sometimes for the better and, and for, for the worse and then I, I progressed to, to Southeast Asia and after one year I wanted to travel around the world to to Africa to Latin America as well but after one year I was still in Asia yeah, because there was there was so much to see and I wanted to, to find a way how I am more flexible in my life instead of just going back to Munich and working uh, in some big IT company. I, I thought about working uh, as an uh, IT consultant or SAP consultant, uh, which is paid very well and it was very easy. Everyone um, from my university got good jobs easily, but that's what was just not what I wanted to do in my life. And then yeah, I started to do uh, these translation things. Okay. It's great, man. I mean, yeah, I hope we're inspiring some people and helping them, you know, not to settle for like, you know, what you're just saying, like to settle for the career path that's set before you, but you know, wanting to explore, wanting to, to do something. So then you go back to Southeast Asia. Are you doing this? Is Gateway Translations exist yet or is it it's not exist? No, at, at, uh, at that point, you know, this, this just felt like an extended vacation. And this, this was not really a proper business yet. You know, I was just in the stage that I was avoiding the normal path. But uh, 
I hadn't figured out things at all. And yeah, it still seemed that I would go back uh, to, to Germany uh, so sooner or later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like me, I, I'm somewhat similar. I thought I would be back to the States after maybe six months or, or travel somewhere else. But uh, yeah, we're both still here so many years over decades yes i think now you have yeah over 10 years uh, you've been in china so you're really an yeah, expert on, I, in business uh, china. there's a joke it's you know there's always that joke i don't know if it's an american thing but they say like the mafia you try to get out but they keep pulling you back in that's kind of how i oh <laughs> yeah there's that yeah, funny saying it. like some yeah. move, mafia movies they're like you know i tried to yeah. get out but they just kept pulling me back in so well, you know, so I'm so curious. So yeah, you you go back, you yeah, you, like me and like a lot of us, we get so fascinated with this Asia growth, Asia's you know story. How did how did how did you kick off the idea? So you were doing it. You start with India. You're doing it in house. You go back to Germany. Come back to Asia. You want to kind of explore. You want to what? What's the where's the development of the of your venture? Right. So. I think many people, they have really high aspirations and it's an obstacle uh, when you start a business. So for me, it was very easy because I had very low expectations. You know, I just thought I can, if I make a few hundred euros extra per month to supplement uh, my like non-existing income, yeah, that goes a long way there. Yeah. And at that point, I had a simple life there. So it was very easy to, to get started, no, no pressure. And I just signed up on two uh, freelancer platforms, uh, Elance and Odes. A few years ago, they merged into Upwork, mm -hmm. but there are also many other platforms. Okay. And you're doing it yourself. So you're, there's no platform yet. You're, you are the, you're doing German. Right. Yeah. So I... I did these English to German translations myself in the first months, but being the entrepreneurial personality I am, I found a German translator who could do the work much better than me and much cheaper. Okay. Uh, and oh. she was happy because it was hard for her to, to make a living uh, in Asia. So I moved uh, up the value chain kind of, and I was just checking her work and I was getting uh, the clients. Okay. And she was even a professional translator with a translation degree. So that was very useful. And was she a friend or how did, how did you? No, you know, I posted in a local Facebook group and then you know, we, we met up in a restaurant and we started to, to work on these projects. And then I just found more people and I made my recruiting process more professional and my business grew really quickly. You wouldn't assume that on these freelancer platforms, you can get really large clients. So in the, in the first, first year there, for, for first two years, I got one proje project from Skyscanner and then I kept working with them until last year. So that was like a lot of money. And I did some projects for, for Hertz, the car rental company, which everyone knows, uh, for G4S, is the biggest security company in the world. So large companies also go there. 
to, to find freelancers. And you just need to know how to, to find these jobs in the huge amount of super low-end work. All right. All right. I like this. I mean, I guess it's also your German. Germans never really like to, to boast or to show off. You're making it sound easy. But I do like, just to recap, you know, you said earlier, you, you didn't have high expectations. You just kind of, at the beginning, just wanted to get started, just wanted to do your own you know, make your own schedule, make your makes your own income. And now you found something in a Facebook group to help and you're 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 scaling up clients on these freelancer platforms. I know we chatted a little bit before the interview and you, you talked about I, I my next kind of point is scaling. Like I was asking like was it spikes or was it slow and steady and you, you, you wanted to talk about certain clients here for expanding? Yes, so at the beginning, I would say it, it grew really fast because there was, at that time, uh, there were so many companies there that were um, hiring for English to German translations. And sometimes these were really large projects that kept one translator occupied for a whole month or even we had some people working for a few months. We, did, we also did some German SEO optimized content writing. And then there was one person, she, she kept doing that full time for a few months. So I already had a team running of multiple people. So that, that yeah, got started quite quickly. But yeah, as with most businesses, there are ups and downs when you don't have such a, a systematic sales process where you just depend on companies posting the right jobs there because at some point maybe there's a low and then I didn't have any other channel to to get clients at that time all right so so just some takeaways there is you had like a system sales process or a response you know like onboarding process you also seem to have a system for onboarding your team I think it's a couple of takeaways I'm catching from this, right? Right. So for example, we tested translators, we gave them, them an unpaid test in their field. So that would be different for marketing, for example, and for engineering and for IT software translations. So we could uh, filter out uh, the people um, who were just not able to, to deliver quality. Okay which is very important and in any business, but especially, yeah. Right. Yeah. So now it's, it's of course a lot more sophisticated. Yeah? That was still eight years ago. Yeah. yeah. Eight years, seven years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this show might be played hopefully in the long term, but that's 2013, 12, 2013, you mean? To put a number. Right. 2012, 2013. Okay. And you, or again, just to make sure everybody understands, you're doing this remotely. What was your like living condition or travel? Are you traveling often or are you staying in like one city? While you're doing no, I was, I was staying in, in one city in Asia and I even had a swimming pool. So it was, it was not a bad life. And, you know, nobody was asking me, oh, how is your business doing? Sometimes people, they want to start a business and then they tell their friends and their family and everyone is curious. And one month later, everyone is, oh, so how is your business doing now? So, of course, it takes time, especially if you develop a product or 
if, if you do something that takes time to sell. Because the large enterprise clients we, we target now, it can take years to, to get a client. Agreed. Yeah, the life, the, the yeah, sales cycle for these huge companies. And you, right. yeah. So, so interesting. I thought you were traveling or hopping around more. So you were just mostly like in like Vietnam or Thailand or something. Mostly. In the, yeah. In the in the first in the first uh, six months, I was I was pretty settled. So I hear many people, you know, just traveling around, like like you know these digital nomads. People stay three days in one place. Yeah, I don't see how that's is viable to to start and grow a business. Uh, I think it's it's mostly the media and bloggers writing about it. I don't see the viability of that for the most part. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've tried some of that sometimes and. I feel like you spend half your day just trying to find, you know, where to eat or where to sleep, you know, or, you right. know, you're, you're always dealing with just like travel kind of stuff. You're never really in a, in a flow or routine, which you need kind of, especially right. starting up yeah. a business. Yeah. But, but first, fast forward eight years, now things are very different. So when I take some time off, the business just keeps running without me pretty much except a lot of client-facing work, you know, the German companies in particular, I take care of these things. But other than that, we have a very, we have a very solid team and processes and a platform where we do the project management, we manage the teams. So that can be pretty hands-off to, to some extent. And that allows me a lot of freedom and focus on, on other tasks. Great. So then you have other salespeople, but it seems like you're doing, so you're doing clients in at least a German market, or do you have, you have client management people or salespeople? We have people who manage projects and even for such roles, it also involves sales in some capacity. Because a client might say, you know, we want to localize our website to Spanish. And then someone from my team, from my team uh, might ask, so what's your target market? And explain to them that Spanish in Spain and in Mexico is so different that if these are major markets, maybe they should localize uh, their website uh, separately into these two languages, especially for the large companies we work with. So that's, that's sales as well. I, con I consider that sales, but it's not uh, like they are talking to a new customer. Okay. Can you, can you maybe give us an insight about how uh, you're talking about now? Do you want to give us however much you're willing or able to share about either, you know, team size revenue or other kinds of milestones that I can give you uh, an example about the, the kind of projects uh, we have been doing. Sure. So, for example, for, for One World Online, we localized their app into 31 languages, I think. So that's well over 50 people working on such a project. And it's, it's very challenging when uh, clients ask for more obscure languages, let's say Asian languages like Khmer from, from Cambodia, 
or in that case, uh, they asked for Canada. Yeah, so it's uh, written K A N N A D A, and the person in my team got a bit confused. Yeah, and most people on the show probably have never heard of that language unless they're Indian. So he thought, you know, maybe the client wanted to write Canada. Yeah. But uh, that's an Indian uh, regional language, uh, and it, it was important uh, for the um, client to, to target these people, especially when you target more normal people, not like extremely uh, highly educated people who just speak or who are just comfortable with that local language. All right. And another, another project we did, we localized the, the app for FinTech into, into 22 languages. Uh, to to help them expand and last year i was in vietnam and we um, translated 1000 pages into uh, vietnamese for for strabag which is the, the biggest construction company from austria they were a contractor for the new water treatment plant in in vietnam in the capital hanoi yeah congrats i remember we, you chatted me yeah. about that when it happened yeah, thank you. That, that that was like a big milestone because that's a very prestigious project and a very prestigious client. Yeah. So, let's 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 talk about listeners maybe sitting here maybe wanting one day either, you know, start or grow. Do you think any of this is was there advantages or just maybe disadvantages about the way you did things or like maybe specific about coming out to Asia or Southeast Asia um, to do this? Of course, there are really big advantages and uh, disadvantages. So we are really close to, to the markets uh, in Asia. And yeah, I could understand really well how the, how the consumers they think and how, how the economy works, how companies make uh, sales there. Yeah. For example, I was at the Germany Singapore Business Forum. I'm, I'm active at the German Business Association Vietnam. So I'm quite close to, to the German companies or foreign companies in general there. And I know the, I know the challenges, challenges in marketing and sales to, to these uh, markets. And that has been very valuable for, for our clients. Okay. It's it's true. I mean, people want to get into different markets, and you have you have a lot of advantages. What about somebody right. getting started now? I mean, is is there still? I mean, I'm sure there's opportunity. Or would if you were to do it now, or ask somebody else to do it now, would you tell them differently, or or what would you say? So the the disadvantages or the advantage of being on the ground close to the customer all the time, I noticed that in particular when the when the companies are mid-sized in, in traditional industries like engineering, one, uh, once the company is quite large, then they were used to uh, WebEx or you know, Skype uh, calls. And then they just asked me to join. But otherwise, they would ask me to, to come meet them in their office. And these companies uh, were not even in Munich in many cases. So it took a lot of time to, to go there. But I think now the times have changed in the last few months. So people might be more open um, 
to uh, doing business without meeting in person. It, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to, to trust. How are you able to, to build uh, trust with people? And if you are a buyer, you want to buy some service or product, the question always is, uh, why should you trust that person or that company? True. Well, you know, I guess obviously this COVID stuff is forcing people to work online and do remote remote work, which is making it almost better for entrepreneurs, I'd say, because they can kind of almost be equal to a big company because how do they know how big the company is if they're doing a remote call? There's no more visiting offices or right things like that. And so the business culture is very uh, different. Uh, so when I spend a lot of time in uh, Europe as well, but they are not these informal or semi-formal channels to to meet people in the companies, unless let's say you uh, would meet someone for coffee. But in in Germany, that's that's not so common. Uh, if you are if if it's not your your client, yeah, maybe it's some potential client. You you wouldn't you wouldn't ask for for that. So I was going to, to trade shows in Germany, the Hannover Messe, it's the biggest industrial trade show in the world, conferences, but in Asia, because people are expats, there are other people, foreigners, who are also new to the, to the culture, and maybe they don't speak the language, they don't fit in so much, and you can have some executive from a big multinational corporation who just moved there and is very open to to meet uh, other people even when they are not in the same position like him that is really a, a unique benefit and then you can you can befriend these uh, people and even go go out with them okay this has been really i really appreciate your spending your time with us marcus can you can you share a little bit about Gateway Translations, your company, and how, how people could find out more about you and, and your business? Yes. So feel free to connect with me on uh, LinkedIn. And our website is uh, gatewaytranslations.net. It's all in one word. Okay. So, yeah, feel, feel free uh, to, to check it out. And on, on LinkedIn, I also posted some, some video, for example, of, of the, the plant in Vietnam where we helped uh, with the localization. And you can, you can learn more about that. Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much, Marcus. Really appreciate you putting the time in to share with our listeners. Thank you very much, Mike. Do you enjoy these shows and this guests and what we're doing here? Do you want to get on the inside of Global From Asia and get some amazing things that are happening? We have GFAVIP.com, which is our VIP membership. Honestly, it's been a lot happening. We've been doing more and more of these private calls. Sorry, we don't record them. Private forum, private deals. It's just if you want to go above and beyond what's happening here work with me and others in the community with other experts it's a membership yearly fee but it also helps this show and helps me out and i would really appreciate it www.gfavip.com thank you marcus i know he's like oh man i don't know if i can share this on my uh, social media my clients might see me and see that i you know i'm not as big as i 
they might think that I am. That's what's amazing about today's world. You know, that I just chuckled when I said that my my smile's going ear to ear here. I got a big smile, but that's what I'm. I love that actually. You know, we can we can work anywhere. We can you know work with the big boys. You know, they have huge offices and and all this expensive stuff. And you know, that's what I do here. You know, we have an amazing team making this show happen. We're working on LoadPi totally remote. We're we're working with uh, these online calls for members, and we got amazing things happening. And Amazon sellers everywhere. You know taking over the world you know i think this is the future if you're not working online and you're not working with remote teams covid has probably forced you to at least try as a person in working environments to work online i i hope you all try to do that we're not sure how long we're gonna be in these lockdowns i'm not trying to get political on this show but i really hope there's no wars happening and no conflicts but i've just been so nervous honestly reading the headlines of the news i read and i just am willing to work anywhere i i was also on a little clip for some linkedin with ryan shukin i don't know if he, he's been on a show a few times and i said you know i'm living out of my backpack you know i'm running this business i'm running all this content i'm doing some all these different things with load pipe and we've got some projects building content for other companies and websites and we can do this anywhere you know, it's amazing. I can just pack up my bags. Well, the hard part is the family, the kids, uh, the wife. She, you know, it might be hard to pull her out of China now, but, you know, we're all doing uh, doing things anywhere. And I don't want to buy stuff anymore. I got stuff stuck in Philippines now. I got to figure out how to mail it or someone pick it up or somebody fly it to me. I got stuff still in Thailand. I got stuff in Shenzhen. Uh, I don't want to buy any more stuff. So we're totally flexible life in today's day and age, and I hope all of you are adjusting to that. Thanks for listening. I'm going to wrap up today's episode 309, Make Things Happen. I think what I learned from Marcus, and, you know, he's really, you know, like I said, the German, you know, no, no, no hype, just... He just does it, right? He just takes action and keeps improving and improving and learning and improving and growing. And he's got an amazing business now. Congratulations, Marcus. Thank you so much for sharing with us. That's a wrap. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.